Hey, what's up, what's good? It's Jordan, and it's Showtime Balling, the podcast, balling on all levels. Let's get it. In this episode, it's part one of two of the life and times of Raymond Cameron. In this episode, Ray speaks about his childhood growing up in Northland, he talks about his parents, and he speaks about his two talented siblings, one being FIBA Hall of Famer, and arguably one of the greatest basketballers in New Zealand history, Piero Cameron. He also takes a time out to speak about his high school days at Church College. Without further ado, let's go! Kia ora katoa, welcome to the podcast again, Showtime Balling, Balling on All Levels. On this episode, we've got a special person, a special guest for us tonight. Uh, Clifton Bush II calls him Boom Boom. Mama must call him Raymond. <laughs> uh, Ray Cameron, well, welcome to the show, brother. Yeah, thanks, George. Good to be here, uh, man. Can you give us a G, um, G-rated explanation why Bushy would call you Boom Boom? It's always G-rated, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, two reasons. Um, I was a bit of a um, bigger guard than normal, being in um, the NBL. But there's a movie called Life. Yeah, yes. Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence, and um, one of the saying is uh, "Ray's boom boom room." Oh, there we go. So that's where it come from, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I know, I know Bushman. Um, as he's been one of your teammates before, he's he's the king of giving out nicknames. So, um. Yeah. <laughs> No surprise. Yeah, yeah, good guy too. Awesome. Hey, bro, thank you again for joining us in um, the podcast, bro. Let's let's um let's um dive into your life in basketball. So, where did it all start for you? Oh, up north, Whangarei was um, where the beginnings were. We have uh, well, in my family, you know, it's runs through the blood, comes directly from my mother. Uh, my mother was a sportswoman, uh, played netball and basketball at a young age, and then uh, my father was. A rugby, uh, rugby league and rugby person, and so it was a battle of who, who are the kids going to follow? Um, fast forward, we all know who followed who. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my dad at one stage actually wanted us to, well, the boys at least, um, me and Piero to play rugby because we had big frames. Um, our our uh, DNA or our line comes through our mother who is a big woman. She's around six foot. Um, and, and and even even at her prime, she was a bit taller when she was younger, but um, that comes from her father, my grandfather, who's Nguyen. So we get our big frames from our island um, Māori mix. My father's Scottish and a bit of English. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, and so he he was a bit gutted when we uh, when we followed the path. But it was all Piero, you know. Piero led the way and... Mm. My sister Jody was a uh, she was an athlete. She played a lot of other sports. She played Northland mixed touch. Um, she played um, basketball, obviously, but then she also had a stint with netball with Waikato Magic. Yeah, so she was quite she was quite a talented. Well, she is a talented um, person. Um, but everyone everyone sort of followed in Piero and Jody's oh, Piero's footsteps, and he became successful quite quick at a young age. For sure. Um, quite undeniably, one of the greatest New Zealand basketballers of all time, you'd say. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I think so. I, I mean, just blessed with the intelligence, eh, um, Jordan. Just um, with the game of basketball, once you figure out how the game can be played at different pace, then um, you're halfway there, man. So, 
you know, we we saw that in the um, in the 2002 sort of world champs where Perry made his mark, um, and a lot of things stem from there, like his uh, FIBA Hall of Fame and um, from his you know All Star Five inclusion of that world champs there, but. Uh, always use them as a um, as an example of you don't always have to be the fastest person or the mm-hmm. highest jumper or you know or the combination of both. Yeah, he um, sort of epitomised uh, intelligent basketball and with a bit of wit and skill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he had a lot of skill actually, not not just a little bit, but um, just a combination of them all in in the. Um, the sheer size of the man could could guard a lot of positions at that time. So, um, yeah, definitely an imposing figure, not only on the basketball court, but off the court. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so but, there yeah, would have been a lot of life lessons when you were going one-on-one with him, obviously? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, these um, all those stories, you know, as, as being a little brother. Um, he's eight years older than, older than myself. Yeah. And, uh, when he left home, I think he was 17, um, left uh, to Waikato. He went to Waikato first and started his uh, NBL career under, um, I think it was Tracy Carpenter. I can't remember who his first coach was in Waikato, but I think it was with the Waikato Warriors. And Murray McMahon was the in the coaching staff. Maybe it was Murray. I, I can't remember. Um, but him, <coughs> excuse me. Excuse me, him and uh, Judd Flavel left Whangarei with um, Jamie Miller, the three Northlanders um, athletes, and they all went to university down there. Um, and yeah, so a couple of years in Waikato, he won the Rookie of the Year and went up to Auckland mm. and started started being in uh, a tab system from there. So. Awesome. So uh, besides Piero having a massive influence over you, what was your other influences that dragged you into this game? Oh, obviously mum and dad. You know, um, mum and dad really are the pillars of our family and in, in, in our sporting choice. I played rugby earlier, um, and my dad was my coach at rugby league as a junior, and he always he always used to get on my back because I didn't used to like tackling. Yeah, and uh, using the old school words, hey, oh, you're you're big for nothing, you know, because I was the biggest on the field, and <laughs> oh, you're soft, and come on, son, you need to try better and harder, but. Um, this it, it just all stemmed from um, from when I was when I first started rugby league and I tackled a couple of people and I hurt them and and it was just mere just clumsiness you know I was bigger than everyone and I didn't want that feeling again because um, not not I didn't say smash them I just fell awkwardly and my shoulder hit their mouth or something like that and it was just weird but my dad used to always. Um, Used to always say, "Come on, son, get get the technique right." But I was bigger than everyone else, and I just didn't like it. <laughs> so, and obviously, and it's uh, it's it's law of you know of science that if you're bigger, you're smaller, you're gonna get smashed. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think um, you know, being competitive and all that stemmed from mum and dad, and just having the drive to to win and do what whatever it takes and all that sort of stuff, sort of. I could see it in my father's eyes in the rugby league field, on the rugby field. You know, he was surprised when I changed into rugby because he thought league was my game. Went to rugby and, and I excelled in rugby, became um, uh, representative for Whangarei. 
uh, earlier, you know, at, at the age of 13, 12, 13. Um, and my dad said, oh, well, you're doing great. You know, this could be your pathway. And then all, all, all my mates in rugby were like, oh, yeah, we need you to play. And, you know, that sort of boosted me. Like, oh, cool, I'm good at rugby, I think. And then basketball just took over, bro. I, I became uh, just as good at basketball, just as quick. And But I like basketball way more. <laughs> so was it just the fact that it was, oh, well, we know basketball is physical and contactable, but you can probably, it's not as much as in rugby. Was that what you probably felt? Um, I think the biggest thing for me um, was at that time, you know, because my brother had been making some waves in basketball and mum used to always go down and watch him. And so by the age of, I think it was 22, I, I was 14, uh, we used to consistently go down and watch the Auckland Stars at their home game in Kohimarama. And so we'd rock up, we'd leave school early, rock up to Kohimarama, grab our seats and wait like probably half an hour, an hour till the game starts at seven. You know, or, or mum would say, oh, we're, gonna, we're not going to school today. We're going down to be with your brother for the whole day, you know. <laughs> and that's and, not uh, a bad title, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, at the time, being from Whangarei, small Whangarei, going to the big city, you'd be like, yes, you know, not just <laughs> skipping school, but it's just, it's, it's Auckland, you know, it's just bright life sort of thing. And so we went down there for the whole day. Um, but it was, um, for me, um, just witnessing basketball at that level and being surrounded by, uh, and it's funny, it's funny that I bring that up, but being surrounded by all my mates because that was the era of card trading, Blair, um, Top Deck and all that sort of stuff. Mm. And and I used to prepare to go and trade my cards at Kohimarama with all the Auckland group, right? So yep. I'd save up my money, buy some cards at my mate's, um, at my mate's dairy, take them down to Auckland, trade them, and then come home thinking I was the man. Didn't even watch a lick of Pira's games. <laughs> um, and I bring the story up because Corey Webster and BJ was were, uh, BJ Anthony were two of the guys that we always used to run around the Koi Marama um, trading cards with. And um, yeah, it's funny, man. It's, you know, you look at these names now, household yeah. breakers, and, you know, it's, it's, it's funny how um, those stories, the gym rat stories are, uh, you know, and um, and now we got our own kids doing similar things, running around gyms. So. And these are stories that not much people will know about, right? Yeah, no, it's only not really a platform, or, or now there is, but not really a conversation, you know, until it's down that lane. But um, yeah, there, there, we 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 talk. We, whenever we catch up, we always laugh. I always remember um, BJ was a bit uh, plump, and he had an afro. Uh, he was a big kid, you know, he is now, um, but real, he was real kind. And I remember trading, uh, you know, we were playing Tiggy and Tag around that whole stadium. And I'm not sure if you've been there, but it's a big rectangle and you can go, go down halls, go upstairs, different avenues. So we knew every nook and cranny in that gym. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Okay, so um, let's talk about the high school basketball. We were having a brief conversation about this just before. Um, talk about ch- uh, church college days. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you know, just give us a little bit of a download of, um, on that experience. Well, once again, you know, um, just the history of Church College, you know, just a, an, an amazing school. Um, but how I got to know how amazing their school was was through my sister. My sister left to Church College uh, early 90s. Um, she 
went to church college for a couple of years. She won a national title, and we we actually were lucky enough to go witness a, a men's game where Pero was um, uh, selected for New Zealand. I think it was a New Zealand Maori team, and they played the, all the imports rounded up throughout the NBA. Oh, NBL, sorry, the NBL imports throughout New Zealand. They all come together and played the New Zealand Maori team at Church College, and that was my first experience going to that that gym. Pero invited us down. Once again, Mum said, let's go skip school. Um, we drove down and, um, you know, uh, I was, I think I was around the time, I think about 14, 15. Um, I had known about Church College through my sister, but um, seeing the atmosphere there was amazing. You know, the whole school was supporting loud crowds, what they called the ruckus, uh, way up in the, um, bleachers, they, they had dorm, dorm uh, students, you know, cheering on their favourite players or yelling out chants. And so that was my first experience personally. Um, and then, yeah, from that atmosphere, watching a basketball game in the gym, uh, it's amazing. Church College had a really, what we would call a decked out uh, court. You would probably fit about 700 people with all the bleachers, maybe 800 people with all the bleachers out. One side was all for the school, the other side was for the spectators and parents and, and whatever. And then we had this foyer that could open up into an, um, an open area, a lino and, and all that, probably fit another 100 people. And that was just for, you know, overflow. Uh, we watched this game. It was very well done. We had um, lights, cameras, we had videos, um, you know, leading up introductions with the Americans and all that sort of uh, high-level um, introductions. and So, you know, just being a kid, just looking at this game, man, I want to be a part, I want to be on the court, you know, I want to have that, you know, I want to have, you know, this sort of atmosphere around me. And so sort of dedicated myself, how do I get here? I looked at the criteria and um, I was like, okay, well, that's that's what it takes. My mother said, yep, sweet, we can do that. Um Rigorous uh, role to get into uh, church college, but um, yeah, you know, it's it, for me it was uh, realistic, and we went. Um, we went I went in '99, and mm-hmm. uh, I remember because uh, they have an induction. Well, it's called um, oh, it's a welcome back. You know, we have an induction. We go in there, we sit down with our parents, and the expectations are laid out per teacher so the teacher that your classes you know whatever and then your principal and your assistant principals have a talk down with your teacher it's pretty thorough pretty intense and um could be intimidating but the expectations <laughs> were high you know they, they don't want any failures and any standards of life on yeah, the floor sure. off the court you know in their school whatever so i remember um <laughs> i was new i was new to the school and um everyone just knew me as um Pero's brother, <laughs> you know, oh, that's, yeah. that's just life, bro. I've, I've the whole thing, and I've, I've used it to my advantage. But you, you get sick of it, but oh well, I don't care anymore. And uh, but you know, some of the teachers had been there. Some of the teachers were like, "Oh, that's Jody's brother." So now I've got you know double whammy. I've got <laughs> Pero's brother and Jody's brother, not Ray and my own man. But as you would expect, being a basketball school, uh, I knew how to. Um, I guess change their minds and being my own, who I I am, you know, I had to actually make my mark, and um, yeah, and so uh, that I set out to do that. Our first trial, we had about 
I think, 30 boys. Uh, we didn't even touch the ball. We didn't even jump on the gym. We had to run, I think it was 6Ks. And the top, there was 30, the top 20 boys were in. Head coach was uh, Stuart Ald. Um, was, um, not, not known in the basketball realms, out, um, in the NBL or, or um, you know, representative, but um, he was a respected teacher and a respected coach at the time. He, he got selected to coach the, the high school, the church college boys that year. Mm. So, yeah, we had to run around the uh, temple. Uh, do, I think it was either five or six Ks. And the first 20 we're in, we're, we've made the cut. You're good or not, you have to make it. <laughs> All right. So that's, you know, that was their standard. Um, and I was like, what? <laughs> not even based on skill. It's just, okay. Anyway, I came in like 15th or something. Um, good enough. Make the cut. I remember, uh, do you know, can you, can you remember Fraser Anderson? Remember the Anderson brothers played for rugby yeah. league? Yes. So I remember talking to Fraser. So Fraser was was running too, but he, he thought he thought to himself, oh, maybe I'll try next year. And he was running, and I remember telling him, no, no, we need you. If, if you you're the guy. You know, you're going to – you're the man, bro. We need you. Keep going. And me and him were, like, close to the pack, into the 20. You know? <laughs> it was just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So it was a mental thing, you know. I don't think personally. I don't think they would have cut the the rest. I just think it was a mental barrier that people had to get past. Like, like what we now is so that's just stupid, you know. Why would you do that? <laughs> but you know, everyone everyone competed. Everyone was intense. Everyone wanted that that um, that spot. So, and then um, yeah, rolling into the next trial, which was funny. So you know, top twenty or so made it through, and then. Brother, oh, we called him brother, brother Ald, our coach. He goes, um, all right, I've already chosen, out of my 12, I've already chosen nine. I only need three players. I know. <laughs> and, and, we and, go. And, and I was like looking at him going, what? You're already chosen your nine? <laughs> you know, and, and I'm looking at these other guys. Um, and it was, um, Did you actually like look at the guys that you had at the time and go, look, I think you're gone. I think you're gone. But, or was it just you just didn't know? I didn't know. Like, I knew the players that had made it because they sat on the bleachers watching the trial. Oh. You know? So it was really different. It's still probably still different in how they do it. But it really made you um, compete for your spot. It really, that stood out the most. You're like, okay, there's only three spots. What are you going to do about it? You know, are you going to just say, oh, well, stuff this, the system sucks, or are you going to actually go for it? <laughs> and, um, you know, so um, for me, I was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to get down and see what happens. I, I really want this position. So, and so friends became enemies, <laughs> sort of thing. And uh, I just turned the switch, you know. And yeah, it was that was it. Um, a boy, a guy by the name of Carlin Nelson was chosen. Um, I was chosen, and Fraser Anderson was chosen. So we were the last three. We made it, yeah. So that, that was our that was our top twelve team uh, that made the uh, ninety nine uh, church college team. So that was my that was all within the first maybe month of high school at church college. <laughs> Straight into it. That's a that's a pretty rough inter- introduction, <laughs> but yeah, it was, yeah. but like you said again, it was competitive. It was the way to get into the team, and if you're passionately driven to get there, and you got to do what you got to do to make it make these teams right. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think that's some some of that's missing. 
you know, the entitlement of players mm-hmm. these days is Speak amazing. about it, man. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I know. know. I know, I know, I know. You, you feel like some kids are not really pushed competitively-wise nowadays. Oh, you know, they, they get a hint of confidence and then that's them. You know, oh, you know oh, Coach Rage reckons I can shoot and then they don't practice shooting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or, or you know, he really thinks I coach reckons that I'm really good at defense, so they don't do anything about it. And, um, <laughs> and I understand that. I, I, I do. It's not, it's not unnatural. You just feel um, a sense of reward from your efforts, you know. So you just like, oh, you sort of lean off. But at the same time, we we're trying to these days we're trying to recreate the strengthen your strengths and strengthen your weaknesses type thing and. You know, players don't um, don't realise how um, how many opportunities they have now compared sure. to the ones. Who, and I think that was the base. That was probably the that was probably the um, main reason why we were different from back then to where we are now, and even further back, is that the mm. opportunities were limited, and so there was more fight. These days, if you don't make a Vegas team or you don't make a team that's going on the trip there's other trips that you could potentially go on or you might get picked up to do something else so it's like for them it's just like oh, i'll try my best for this but if not i'll go for this but if i don't go for that one then i'll probably make that one you know it's like yeah for sure. <laughs> there's there's a lot of opportunities out there because they're popping up here and there so yeah. like you said you're, you're bang on the money if you're not making school teams make representatives yeah. or these academies or there's different avenues right yeah, yeah, it's a good thing too, you know. It's a good thing that more people are playing basketball and it's really a joy to watch the different styles and the different coaching methods uh, that are introduced and invested in kids, you know, to see them compete against each other. It's 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 a change of how basketball is played, that's for sure. Yeah. Now, I remember, I remember watching Church College. I never had the privilege to play against a Church College team. But every time we used to see them walk into the gym, they're always looking sharp, looking pristine. Everything looked good. <laughs> I was like, man, these guys look professional. Every time they used to rock up into a building, and then yeah, whenever like oh you they'll fall on your side of the draw. There was a you know sorry to say this, but are we playing them on Sunday? Let's because <laughs> 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 yeah, that's when you have yeah. your chance to kind of beat them, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Yeah, um, quite strict. You know, the standards, well, I wouldn't say strict. I think the standards were set because of uh, a bigger vision, let's say. That, yeah. You know, that basketball is a tool um, used to help uh, groom men to become fathers. That's that's how church college was sort of put together. That's how we were told, how um, how we were introduced into basketball. That, that was part of being uh, in church college is that, you know, making good men better uh, for the future. And so, you know, be good, good sportsmen, um, uplift your standards on and off the court, uh, look good, feel good, you know. Um, and then, you know, we, we had church standards uh, that that kept us in line as well, you know, keeping, keeping honest to yourself and making sure that um, you looked apart. Who was the head coach at that time? Well, there it is, end of the show. Thank you very much for taking the time out with us here at Showtime Balling, Balling All Levels, the podcast. Make sure to check us on Instagram and Facebook for all updates. And make sure to keep it locked in. 
we'll see you next time. Peace.